Marketing Made Easy, the podcast on this episode. Some people are so, like, they've got such great imagination and great skills and they turn like a pile of old pallets into something incredible. Then you look at your own husband sitting there scratching his ass. You go, eh. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary here and Anita Baldwin. Hi Anita, how are you? I am very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you very much. Excited for today's guest interview. Um, we interviewed a lady called Julia, and I'm still not going to pronounce her name right. <laughs> yeah, Julia Starsky. I'm, I'm going to say it's Julia Starsky because I, I like it's how not, it sounds. Though. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not though. No, well, it's Julia Starsky. Sk- <laughs> I don't anyway, know what it is, I just know what it is. The lady not. in, uh, you're saying you know what it's not, but you're not helping me what it is. It's no, sorry, I am no help whatsoever. Anyway, Julia is a badass lady in property that can help you if you're looking to renovate your home. So, and I was just thinking when she was talking about the lead times, actually, she, I didn't realize that, that when you order in that world, in the construction world, when you order something, the lead time, it might say like, the stuff's available in stock in my head in stock means like it's there it can come to you now but she was saying it could take months and months and some things take like nine months for people to wait or 12 months for people to wait for the flooring that they want and who's having their house decorated in gold leaf i want to go and live with those people that sounds phenomenal i felt bad spending 70 quid on a roll of wall how will you know you're going to like it if you're going to have to wait nine months or a year for something i i even if i want a new sofa wouldn't even want to wait you know you have to wait for them for like yeah 12 weeks annoying isn't it i just go what have you got ready to go we went and bought a second hand one and had it recovered which is like Almost instant. Let's go back to Julia, the guest today. Um, yeah, she's um, decided to start her own business because she, because she saw a gap in the market for people that want to renovate their homes, but they don't know where to start. Well, females in particular, actually, that maybe their partner or maybe they're, they're single and they just have no idea where to start and they don't want to get screwed over by um, all the different people that are in the property and construction world that there are out there and also not too sure how it all kind of pieces together so that you can stay sane throughout it all yeah let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe hi everyone my name is julia and i'm the renovation mentor so i help females inexperienced in renovation to actually fell back in love with their homes and, you know, keep to a budget and stay sane in the process, really. Uh, I kind of help them, you know, with, I, I come from a background of, of a high, high-end residential market and we have all sorts of consultants and uh, help and support in the, in the whole wide world. Whereas, you know, people renovating on a budget hardly ever have an architect. There's usually just the builder and the client so in fact you know who fills the gap of all these people in between and basically i'm putting uh people in the place where they they have the knowledge and all the tools that they need to actually fill that that gap and yeah have the understanding of of how it works how it should work and what what can be done so is that for people who are renovating their own home or for people who would like buying houses and doing them up to either rent or sell them or both no, I don't really want to go into like sale and cause this is a little bit of a different different type. I'd prefer to work with females, with the homeowners who want to renovate to actually live and like, you know, enjoy the property rather than going into market and selling it and, and embarking on another one. Yeah, so ultimately to take a property that they bought um, on the cheap because it was run down and make it into a, a forever home, if you like. 
Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, if you always wanted an open plan kitchen at the back of your house and you never really knew how to start and your other half was like, well, do we need to have it? Then I'm probably the right person to have a chat with. So what is it that you help with? What kind of person they need to get into help or how to budget or or what's the actual bit? Uh, so I've got the master's in interior design and architecture and I also mm. have a master's degree in construction project management. So I try to combine the two things. I don't really go too much on the interior design aspect because obviously everyone has a different taste everyone can do it within their own home to a degree so I try to focus on the actual budget time scale the builders the process you know the more, more of a yeah background things that happen that we don't really notice and that put too much of a stress on us anyway not very often do you get somebody that can do the part of architecture and the part of like the interior design do you not yeah. normally the brain is one or the other place isn't it not being yeah. able to do see the whole lot um structurally and as well as like make it look nice as well so you've got a background your family come from property don't they that's where you how you kind of fell into it I guess well my, my father is a building control inspector and then my mum used to work for whole health for all of her life in a commercial construction company Oh. Uh, they used to build like bridges and factories and all sorts of things. Uh, she used to be a buyer and like a procurement specialist back then. So yeah, I kind of have a construction in my blood. I keep saying. Yes. But yeah, I I wanted to become an architect. Funny enough, I was studying like quite a lot because in Poland, where I come from, to actually become an architect, you'd need to uh, pass the drawing exam, and unfortunately, I failed. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, so when I was up applying to, to study for my degree in Poland, I, I failed the drawing exam and I kind of started the building engineering because it was just next door. So I thought, well, well it, why not? It's close enough. Uh, and then, yeah, basically I came to London for summer just to see how the world looks like. And I still stay till now, 11 years. So I'm just thinking about it from my point of view, because really, I've got a house where I look around and think, don't like that, don't like that, but don't really know where to start. So what kind of obstacles do, you, do people generally come up with that you can help them to overcome? Uh, well, there's so many things, you know, it all depends what stage of the process you're at as well. Because if you have an idea in your head, then we can definitely, you know, polish it out and try to get that in place and give it a form and shape and, and a, you know, a budget and with a pound symbol at the front of it. Yeah, There's so many things. I, I tend to say, you know, I give people as a starting point five tips to actually get started. The first one is audit. So have a look around what you've got, what you like about this and what you don't like about this. Because what you like is really important element that a lot of people lose in the process. Like if something works really well in your home and it, it's not really pleasing to your eyes, then don't change it. Just, you know, make it look nicer. But yeah. if that's really practical for you, then let's work around that. Uh, the second tip is the brief. So actually have a think what it is you want to change. You know, we've got today, you know, the information is out there everywhere available to us. We've got Google, Pinterest, Instagram, you name it, it's there. There's so many inspirations from all sorts of events that, you know, we can find out quite easily what it is we'd like to have in our homes. Then the third tip is uh, the budget. So how much can you spend and at the same time how much is this going to cost you because 
the bit how much you can spend is a bit flexible because again mm. you can face your project to kind of you know work around your your money but what we need to be kind of conscious about if something sounds too good to be true then there's probably something wrong about this let's be yeah. honest you know con contractors and builders they're still human beings they're still business owners so they're there to make money as well mm. and yeah if something just sounds too cheap i'd say be careful uh the fourth tip is the time scale so you know many people get really like burned out when renovating because they try to manage the builders and stay at home and have a life on the side and live in the dust which is just traumatizing experience yeah and i always say to people you know is there any way you can actually live outside of the house you know obviously before covid we ha we had all sorts of things that could have been done. You know, if your in-laws go, go on a holiday, you just kind of take over their home for some time or, you know, Airbnb, brilliant. But these days it's a little bit different and still, you know, it's worth just kind of having in mind the timescale of your project and then just working around it and seeing, you know, what kind of arrangements you can make to actually stay sane in the process. Mm -hmm. The last tip that I always give is become a specialist. So you're the owner of your home. It's your place to be in. If you're going to take everybody's opinion, then it's not going to be good for you. You need to have the final say in your in your renovation to actually, you know, agree what it is and how it's going to look and how it's going to make you feel and how it's going to work for you rather than just hear everybody around you saying you can have it you can't have it this is great this is rubbish because it's just you know super overwhelming yeah i can imagine people trying to shoehorn what they imagine it should look at look like onto people and sometimes like you say if, if you're living in all that dust and you're living in all that chaos sometimes you just want the thing done sooner rather than later and you might agree to to something that perhaps you're not 100 on and you shouldn't really do that it reminds me of business as well actually like when so when you use when you go with the different business coaches or mentors and they say to you do it this way or that way you, you half think oh, I'm not 100% sure maybe they're right they know more and then actually afterwards you're like oh, I should have listened to myself and I should have uh, stuck to my guns and said I want to do it this particular way so obviously you're really well educated you came to London you ended up you know getting all the degrees and everything how do you um, go from that I mean have you ever had like a job where you work for someone else or did you just go straight into setting your own your own business up no, totally. I've worked, you know, for the, when I started in construction, I, I got kind of caught by the advert saying you're going to be a junior project manager. And then it turned out, you know, it was a, a bit of a better name for us, assistant site manager. So I spent my 12 months of, of my career on site actually running around, you know, tradesmen and placing the orders for them and booking things up and sorting all the stuff around that. So that was quite interesting. Uh, and then I moved on to another construction company that I worked with for eight years, I think. Uh, and yeah, again, I probably took all the positions, you know, in administration of it, you, you could imagine, because when I started in that company, uh, I think there was about 105,000 of a turnover. And when I was leaving last year, then we had four and a half million. So oh, wow. you know, wow. we expanded quite, quite a lot. Uh, and I was doing all sorts of things. I was, you know, picking up the phone, sending emails, responding to emails, pricing projects, 
planning projects, getting people on board. So, you know, it gave me quite a quite a robust kind of foundation. I left last year, I set up my own cost consultancy. Uh, but I think, to be fair, I never really looked at it until I tried. But the consultancy model is a little bit broken, in my opinion, because basically the way in uh, the, the way construction world works, you've got either a pile of work and you could work all day long or it completely dries and you've got nothing to do. Yeah. Which is, which is just unbelievable. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I just started to really look around, you know, something else that I could really implement my skill and knowledge, still make the difference to the industry, but make it more kind of scalable and, and robust for myself so that I can survive as well. You must like spinning plates then because it just, the, the hardest thing I think, even when you're just having a little job done around the house is trying to coordinate people coming um, book them in, get them to even turn up and let you know what's going on. And just like that that whole waiting around all the time for some the next thing to be done before the next person comes so you can do this and A and B and all of that. And it's really hard work, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I'm going to teach in my programme as well, because, you know, the good planning is going to help you actually stay sane in the process, like mm -hmm. we said, because... If you know that these things take so long, then we can plan around these things. So what can be done before? What can be done after? But the starting point is we need to know what that is. So a lot of people get really caught up in the trap of, for example, long lead times. Because when, when people are not re really fam familiar with uh, purchasing construction-related stuff on site, uh, on the, over the internet, on the website, they always think it's in stock. It's going to come here the next day or a couple of days later. Mm. Whereas it doesn't work like that. You have to wait for things weeks and months sometimes. Wow. I used to do a project where we had a bespokely ordered wooden floor from reclaimed oak. And we waited for it nine months. And even trying to get a tradesman at the moment, I tried to get someone to do some wallpapering. And they said, yep, we can come in November. I was like, what? <laughs> the good thing to have in mind is always there's a lead time and a specialist in something again we used to have a specialist who used to do a gold leaf i don't know if you know what that is it's it's like a gold foil that you apply to walls or ceilings and gives okay. you that gold effect and you know people doing that traditionally were super expensive and they're so very little of them that they're booked up like a year ahead mm. Yeah, definitely. So is your focus on getting the job done or the like making making the house add value and making money and making sure you're not because you can go too far, can't you, where the, all the stuff I want done to this house, my husband's like, no, you can end up like having spent more than we've paid for the house and it just won't be worth it. I'm like, but it's our home. Um, so it's a difficult balance to hit, isn't it? Well, it, I always say it depends really where you are in your life because if you've always dreamed about, if you're like, say, 45 plus and you've always dreamed about something and now is the time you have all the funds and all the time in your life, then why not just go for it? You know, mm -hmm. it's all like making your dreams come true. When we want to travel around the world, we don't really look at the, the bill at the end and the, and the bottom line figure. We just go for it because we've always dreamed about this. But when it comes to hope, we always have that like, well, but if I sell it and stuff, well, you know, if 
if you're going to sell your your around the world trip then it's not going to be the value you paid either it's like you know the posh cars the minute you leave the salon it, it's no longer worth what you paid for it yeah so it's almost like you know it it depends if you if you really want to do it being careful how what's the value of the house then again we can set the budget and then we can work backwards but keep in mind that you can't afford everything so do you work online or do you have to be near do you visit or how does it all work uh well my program will be online only so i can help you out i can give you all the tools and, and knowledge you need to actually become a mini project manager yourself uh so you know technically once the once the once, once the program's done you don't you no longer need me you can do things on your own if you do really get like stuck or if you need any one-to-one support then i'm always here i'm usually on my phone so i respond to messages and i'm available but in in my kind of understanding uh, of that and the outcome that i'd like to deliver you don't really need that because everything's out there every, everything's communicated clearly so there shouldn't be any problems uh, i mean i still work a little bit with the architect with the interior designers around london that i know quite well so i still help them and and kind of visit the sites and help them in that regard when they need a little bit of a construction project management or quality surveying support. So do you do properties up yourself now as well? Well, I don't really want to go into properties. I've done my own home. I've been involved into 92 projects working with all sorts of clients. And to be fair, I don't really want to do like properties for investing because I feel the ha- the home is, is a home then when it has a heart of the owner in it. So... For me, I'm probably a bit too young for it, to be fair, to actually look at it as of a, you know, object for sale. And I still think that, you know, the home is when when people love it. And it's it's not only a property, but it's a place where you can come back to, where you grow your children. And you don't want to be working with the people that are actually already in the property. You've had enough of that. I don't think they would need me either, because to be fair, you know, they probably have a good idea of what they can spend on the, on the house. And they don't mm. really care as much as how it's going to be used and whether somebody is going to like it that much or not yeah it's a completely different thing isn't it if you're just renovating to add a bit of value to sell on again your mind is very different to if you're actually going to be living in there and having children there and you know living your entire life there it's a completely different mindset isn't it absolutely so when you started up your business then, how, like, what sort of steps did you take? Because obviously we help people with social media and, you you know, you do quite a bit on Instagram. Do, what are your platforms of choice? Where, where do you normally hang out and market? I've grown a little bit of an audience on LinkedIn because when I used to start last year, uh, I was like, okay, so I'm doing a consultancy. Where are all the people that do that as well? Okay, they're on LinkedIn. Let's do that. Uh, and then kind of as I shifted towards more of a homeowners, especially females, I'm now more on Instagram. I'm doing a little bit of Facebook, especially in the Facebook groups as well, trying to, you know, hang out where 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 I'm needed to be fair, where my advice could be of any use to anyone. Uh, and I'm starting as well on Friday. I'm, I'm landing my blog so I can start doing a little bit of Pinterest and, and pinning people from, from that sort of thing as well. We don't really do anything on, on no. Pinterest, but I know for lots of different types of businesses, and to be fair, we should explore it a little bit more than we do do um, because it, it's a space that people end up 
falling onto to find out about things and definitely with what you do Pinterest is a place to go to find ideas for the home and whatnot um so yeah it'd be, it'd be good yeah that. I hear that a lot actually because Pinterest isn't really a social media platform it's a search engine you can get lost in it because there's such lovely stuff on there and then you just look around your own room and go you've got you've got your uh Asda Flamingo behind you. I don't know yeah. what. Yeah, getting there gradually, but it's just you, you, you still start, not. You yeah. start with a kitchen and you end up on the latest collection of, of, you know, Louis Vuitton handbags and stuff. Some people are so, like, they've got such great imagination and great skills and they turn, like, a pile of old pallets into something incredible. Oh. Then you look at your own husband sitting there scratching his ass. <laughs> you go, eh. My ex in, at the bottom of his garden now, out of just pallets, um, those wooden pallets as he's done his shab so that's summer house and bar it's called and actually it's really good it's amazing how he's managed to just do it and he made this little like um model version of it first and he said oh, i'm wow. gonna create this thing and then he then he created it and it looks so so good so good at the bottom of his garden it's really and it's like full of leicester city memorabilia and well we've just won the fa cup so he's um like getting like you know all the stuff that's in the paper that you get through like all the the, the pull out and keep things about it. I think he's going to put all a load of those stuff into the um into the frames and put them all around. So yeah, and it's got a little TV in it as well. So it's pretty pretty. What's cool. it called? Palettes. Shab, he's called it. So stands for summer house and bar. Anyone dares call it a shed, or heaven forbid, like anything like if you call it a garage, a shed. Uh, I don't know. There's lots of terms that he just is like. No, it's a shed. A bit sensitive about his shab. Yeah, but it's but it, like it's, he is allowed in his own home because he is single. So it's not like he's just banished to his shed, man cave kind of thing. He just has it because the sun goes down and at a different time of the day, it's a better place to sit, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, so there are some people that are really creative, aren't they? And they can knock, knock things up. What you said there was really good, actually, in terms of hanging out in Facebook groups where people will need you is the right mindset to have as well. Because often people in the mindset, they're going to go into groups purely to um and there's nothing wrong with going into groups thinking you're gonna get clients that's completely fine but your mindset going in there to add value first because what we found we've just done our five-day challenge um that then leads us into selling our social media made easy program and we fill it with people that are our ideal our ideal clients and how we do that is a mixture of obviously what we know already which is um attraction marketing using organic social media but then we paid some facebook ads as well to get it and you would not believe how cheeky some people are because then we open the group and we're like, oh, welcome to our five-day challenge that we've created with all these people in. And there's actually even like social media managers in there going, hi, I can help you with your social media. And we're like, aren't you embarrassed to be in a group that helps people attract clients using social media? So you're in here pretending you need help with that, but actually you're in here to try and sort of say, oh, I can help the people. It's like, we've built this up. We've got, we've done all the work to get these in here. We just get rid of them. So they've wasted the time, but it's just a really odd thing. Instead of joining groups that are relevant, that aren't direct competitors of yours, adding value and then letting people come to you, which is obviously the better way. I'm in a little bit of a privileged position because I'm yet to find a direct competition for me because I look at things very much, well, apparently I've been told that the way my brain works is a bit unique and not everybody's brain works like that. I never really realized that but I'm very much numerical and everything in my world comes to money because at the end of the day, everything does come to money. We can talk about, you know, you're going to yeah. make decisions that you're going to regret for the rest of your life. At the end of the day, if you have the money to pay to change them, then you're not going to regret them anymore, right? Particularly properties, which can suck up your money super fast. 
Exactly. You can get ripped out and, you know, anything can be done. It all comes to money. Yeah. Uh, so apparently this isn't the way that everybody's brain work. Uh, and yeah, everyone that I came across who does something of similar that I did, they usually focus strictly on the interior design aspect, on the the element of, you know, how it's actually going to look like. Whereas I'm trying to actually focus let's get you sorted out at the beginning so that at the end you can actually afford the nice things and you yeah. know all the curtains rugs and you know paint colors yeah. that you want uh because you're probably running out of money when you're halfway through the nice things you don't want to spend money on plaster you want to spend money on soft furnishings and things like that Let's get you right at the beginning. Let's get the money invested properly so you don't have to spend all the money that you've got left for your sofas, rugs, and whatever else in the build so you can actually afford them at the end. Uh, and then, yeah, I just hang out really in the spaces where I can help people because, like I said, I don't really have a final offer yet out there. I'm yet to launch my program, which is going to be called the Renovation Academy. Uh, but to be fair, I'm kind of trying to get a little bit more of an opinion and feel from people that are going through that process to understand what they would like to what they would like to have there. Because yeah, yeah well, I, I, I think have, its problems are. I've done 92 renovation projects, which is a lot, but in the sense it isn't a lot because I never really had that direct feedback from people saying, well, that could have, you know, this process could have been improved on or I really felt weird in that sense, especially when it comes to renovation. People don't really want to talk openly about these things. Hmm. I'm not sure why, to be fair. In the property world, it is very much like that, isn't it? Where they're yeah, but when you, give them, and, when you yeah. give them a questionnaire to fill in, everyone loves a little rant. So it's just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So who is um, your ideal client then? What stage are they at and what's their mindset like? Well, my ideal client is a female. She's probably in be between 35 to 50. Uh, and she's either single or she's got a husband or, you know, the other half, but he doesn't really want to do much at home. He's like, I don't really care. Can you just take the credit card and sort it out? Where'd you find those men? Yeah. <laughs> they exist. Oh, Mark, yeah. get your coat. <laughs> they exist. Trust me, they are out there. Uh, and, yeah, basically she hate her home especially now after lockdown that we've all spent 12 months at home you know everything is so dull and everyone you know the, the bits that you hated from the start you hate them even more now uh, and she just wants to change something but she's not really sure where to start who to talk to you know do I need to speak to a builder the builders are usually kind of treating you as as a female you know they're, they're looking at you from the top and they're like you know predominantly thinking you know nothing about this and yeah all you, come in like going oh where's your husband you need to know what you want before you get a builder in really don't you otherwise they're floundering as well as you're floundering and it's just like an and not a very constructive conversation there are two worst things that i hear from my clients which is either my builder said <laughs> and I always put them in that position where I used to be a commercial director in a construction company. I never had the situation where my employee told me something. Yeah. We could have a conversation, but whatever I wanted ended at the top, yeah, because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in control. Uh, and then the other situation is where you've got people saying, for example, um, 
we figure it out in the process. Mm. That's a recipe for a disaster. If you're planning, sometimes they make you feel a bit stupid, don't they? Because like we don't want to worry about that now, as if you're obsessing about stuff. You know, don't we don't think about that right now. That comes later, and you're like, oh right, okay, sorry, (laughs) almost. And then everybody's surprised when the builder says, well, you need to choose your flooring by tomorrow. And I, I hear that a lot, for example, that, you know, females are like drowning in tears and wine over the whole night trying to actually figure it out what it is they want. Whereas they have all the time in the world before diving into that conversation. We did a house like years ago with my other husband. I had two kids, like one and three years old, went on holiday and his brother was going to supervise it happening while we were away. And we were supposed to come back to the kitchen done, all tiled, the downstairs toilet done and all of that. I came back and we walked in to the kitchen and the loo was just in the middle of the kitchen on the floor and none of the tiles were down. And we just got back from holiday. So we had bags. We had like a one and a three year old who were knackered. And I, I just wanted to turn around and walk out again and go right if this isn't sorted we're going to go and stay in a hotel but you can't can you I was just like okay great if you're planning for example having your kitchen redone a couple of weeks before Christmas then you're really putting yourself exposed into something going wrong so I bet you're busier now because you're right people have spent lockdowns looking around their house way more than they ever used to and thinking well right this needs to change that needs to change and and also not being able to spend money on holidays and things like that so they've probably got money to do renovations a lot of businesses have transferred online so people work from home they stay at home they use their homes much more so a lot of people is for example looking to relocate somewhere else i spoke just yesterday to to a lady who helps to move people uh, from the capital from london on the south coast And she finds them the houses by the sea with a sea view, which are brilliant and absolutely perfect. But anyway, you know, every time you move out from your house, you want to take a little bit out of it with you and you want to create that your personal space within the new home. And the other thing is that that people follow quite a lot on the TV shows, you know, uh, uh, renovate, don't relocate. So, you know, they think they can expand, they can, you know, make, make their homes more of a, up to the current lifestyle if that makes sense Hmm. yeah the the whole uh i forgot what it's called the garden kind of sun sun house sun house like garden studios yeah yeah like garden studios that's a big trend these days so again yeah a, a lot of that is happening we went to see one of our clients um, last week and she has her workshop at the end of the garden. She's got one of those really long gardens and then she's got a workshop at the end of the garden. It was awesome, yeah. Her whole business just in like a workshop at the end of the garden. Yeah. And then there's still space for like a man cave for a husband, isn't there? And then, and yeah. then space for a shed as well. We're like, wow, how long is your garden? <laughs> but they're great, aren't they, those? Because you can just have that extra room without having to um, get planning permission or extend or, you know, disrupt your house at all. Especially if you've got like teenagers, you can shove them out there or like a business and things like that. So it's a great idea. Is that your plan for yours then? No, for my husband. I want, I want his music studio yeah, out there. All, but... all his apps need to well, you, you need to be careful of the planning because it depends where you are. Yeah. Some of oh, does it? Yeah, because remember, Kate, our other client, Kate, she had to go, because she's in a conservation area, just for her to have her um, Pilates studio, she had to go for a bit of a hoo-ha. Like different councils have also different regulations on the distance from the boundary you have to keep to actually go the height you'd like to go. 
I was doing a garden studio last year where we had to go like really deep on the pile foundations because of the trees in the surrounding areas as well. And all the trees were, you know, obviously protected. So oh, we could yeah, annoying. That. So there are two questions we always ask every guest. And the first one is what makes you savvy? And you can take that any way you like. Uh, well, I was actually trying to find out what does it mean to be savvy? And to be well, fair, yeah. I, I think... You know, what makes me savvy is the fact that I'm quite bubbly and I'm quite memorable, I hope. <laughs> well, I get people calling me saying, well, four years ago, we had a chat about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> a great memory. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I kind of feel like th this This is my feature that makes me really stand out in the crowd. And another another one that makes me kind of savvy is the fact that I'm like, called, you know, call it, no bullshit let's just get to a point and i really really don't like people talking around everything apart from the subject matter so yeah. i try to push and especially in construction you know where everything is either white or black there's no like gray because in construction either everything goes great or the whole hell breaks loose and it's a disaster and you're and good at keeping control of that and exactly that, where it needs to be which you got you've got our people right and diff different things in life you've got our people like that no the no fluff the no bs just do it we're doing it and we're doing it this way and yeah i guess you you help those people as well that they know what they want but they almost lose their voice when they're around people of authority like anita said there when the builder says we'll work that out later you almost lose your own confidence because you think they're the expert mm. but if you've hired an expert that's in your corner that can get to the bottom of the crap for you then you, f you feel a lot more comfortable being able to go no I, I want the answer to this because Julia <laughs> told yeah. me I need the answer to this absolutely I mean you know your builder can be the best builder in the world but only you know really what it is you're trying to achieve so you need to really be in control of it because otherwise he's, your builder is going to end up with the dream house for him, which might not necessarily be the dream house for yourself. But like you say, he has his own motivations as well. And it might be that um, he's got another job on and he wants to do the quickest way or something like that. You just don't know, do you? What's not being really sh uh, shouted about loudly, loudly enough, I think, is also that the builders as a trade, they're also a business owners. They yeah. also have a business to look after. They need to make money. They have a family to feed. They have a bunch of employees to actually look after. And usually, you know, us people doing the projects, we sometimes forget about this and we feel like, oh, you know, well, he promised he's going to do this. But, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. And we seem to forget, you know, people on Instagram if they don't post, you know, often enough as they used to but when the builder doesn't turn up for a couple of days it's like the the world is collapsing and you know everything is turning the wrong direction yeah it's difficult and the other question we ask is can you recommend a book then so a development book or you know a, a construction book or something that um you would recommend to our listeners well i'm i'm actually in the process of reading this book so um, i would recommend you know become a key person of influence by daniel christley because ah yeah i think we've it's that one. changed my yeah. mind completely around everything i mean I've not actually I've read it so I'll put it on my list I must admit, I got a little bit scared when it comes to, you know, the other end of the spectrum, if my business actually shoots off rocket too far and, you know, I'm going to become famous for, for it, then, you know, it might be a little bit of a weird situation having paparazzi hanging off my trees. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, 
it, you know, I, I know my craft and I know quite well the construction world and how it operates and what needs to be done to actually get your project done. But I never really done much of research in terms of like marketing, selling yourself and influencing other people. Whereas this book is kind of like showing you exactly what you need to do, how you need to present yourself to become one of those. Yeah. You need a TV programme like uh, like the new Sarah Beanie. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. But you're right. It is scary to think. Because we all want to get like we all want people to know who we are because that helps us market our business. But there is definitely a level, isn't there, the way you're comfortable of being at. Like none of us wants to be like Victoria Beckham, where you can't just walk out of your house without being getting paps. But obviously she's in LA now, so that helps her. People don't bother yeah. her there. But in there's certain people in the UK that just don't even earn enough money to warrant the amount of success that they've got, yet they've got paparazzi following them around. My worst nightmare would be, you know, when they really horrible and they put those like, what happened to her pictures? If you know when you just look like crap and you pop to the shop with your woolly hat on and, and you like husband's jogging bottoms. You know, like you've been <laughs> marriage out. on the rocks, look at the state of her. And you're like, no, I just needed milk. What's wrong with you? I think it was Heat magazine, and they do things like have a point and go like weird elbow. You know, like, yeah. I'm like no, how did they do that? Do they still even do that? That's really bad in this be hashtag be kind place that we're in. You've, you're doing yeah, like a pointy thing to weird elbow. Fashion. You know, like before and after, and you're yeah. like, all right, I've just had a yeah. bad lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like putting the bins out. That's that's yeah. what I just imagine. Because they get Kerry Katona is the worst. Like they used to really be bad to her, and I used to just always think. Yeah, and like she's a mom, just point a bin out, guys. Leave a <laughs> leave a bin. Absolutely. I mean, but can you? Imagine, I wouldn't mind like, all that if you're making a shit ton of money because you can. It's like when footballers complain. I just think, look, you're earning enough money, just deal with it. But it's those ones where they're famous off the back of something not really that great, like a reality TV show. They're not making any money anymore, yet they're still getting all this attention. That must be the worst because they haven't even got the money to like protect themselves okay. from the paparazzi. I do. Then they have to go on I'm a Celebrity. The social media thing is good because it allows us, you know, we only publish and we expose ourselves as much as we want to expose. Manage it, yeah. Whereas that little, you know, boundary of like being famous for something rather than just being within the social media marketing is really thin, I think. Mm. The minute you cross that boundary, it's like there's no coming back. So, yeah. yeah, it's not for me, definitely. I think we're safe. Even <laughs> even if we go on safe. supermarket sweep. <laughs> oh, my God, that's, that's the level's fine. If we're in <laughs> out and about in Leicester and someone goes, didn't we see you on, Le on supermarket sweep? I'll be, I'll be happy with that. They're not going to put us in Heat magazine with weird knees, are they? <laughs> How can people find out more about you if they should wish so? What, what, Where do you hang out? What's the best social media place? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. You found me on Instagram as well. I'm on Clubhouse. Uh, I have a website as well, so I can probably yeah send you the link we'll for my website. Link, yeah. And yeah, then all the all the social media are out there and you can find me in there. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. Good. She does a phenomenal job. And actually, I think she was probably underselling herself because, you know, to be a female in, let's face it, it's going to have been a male-dominated world she's working in. Um, when she talked about, you know, being a having not being a bullshitter, you can't be. I bet she had to be a bit of a badass a lot of the time. Um, and so it brings all of those skills and then works with people to help them. And like we say, if you can have someone who actually knows what they're doing and listens to what you want and then tells you what's possible, then it makes you a little bit more badass, doesn't it, when trying to do all this. And I love that she um, is focusing on people doing up 
their homes that they will love and live in rather than just kind of making a quick buck here there and, and that, i like the bit that she said as well about what bits do you like in your home because people are so quick to change everything for the sake of changing things when actually it's probably pockets of your home that you actually really enjoy being in and spaces that you like that work really well at the moment why change those i had a walk-in pantry in my last home and i miss that more than I miss the kids when they go away. <laughs> it's just makes me really sad not to have one anymore. What, what kind of things did you have in there? Everything you put in your kitchen cupboards. So then I'd like to not have wall cupboards. Yeah, and they're all on shelves and you can see them all. You don't get stuff lost in the back of... Because I have to have a little stool in the kitchen so that I can reach the top shelf. That's what it's about because you're too short to I'm deal fine. with cupboards like most folks. But I am of average height, I'd like to say. All right, That's not average height. Average height's oh, my height. Oh, I am. But you're not five foot four because I'm five foot four and a half and I tower over you. Like oh, I'm like like oh. I'm like like I'm Naomi Campbell or something. You are delusional. As interesting as this is. Yeah, awesome. So don't forget to rate and view it. If you take a screenshot, tag us on social media, you can win Key Person of Influence, which sounds like a book well worth reading. So if we get it, I might read it before we send it to you. And um yeah, don't forget to listen out for You won't get a dog eared version. Not that I need to no, I'll look after it. <laughs> <Get> it. <laughs> I won't read it in the bath. But I've got manners. <laughs> um, yeah, don't forget to listen out for this Thursday's quickie. Whatever it's on, it's bound to be a good one. And don't forget, um, have a lovely day. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.